So, Devin, I, I understand, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, that you uh, blocked the 110 freeway here in Los Angeles uh, in protest in support of Hamas and, and wanted to protest against the, the Israel thing. I, I mean, it's a little uh, conflicting, you know, this, this situation. I mean, I, I thought we were on the same page on this issue, but here you are doing this. I mean, frankly, I think it's dangerous, and I'm also a little bit worried about you. Are you okay? Everything all right? What prompted you to do that, to, to block the 110 freeway? Tell, tell me a little bit more about that. Well, I saw the video of what really happened in 10-7, and I was like, yeah, we need more. I want to be on the side of them. You know, like all the college professors and stuff, all the smart people. I want to be inside of the violent, horrible people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny you mentioned that because I, I, you know, when I talk about atheism and how bad atheism and such, a lot of the times, I, and liberalism for that matter, a lot of the times people respond, well, the elite colleges are mostly, you know, uh, liberal and atheist. So mic drop, you know, that they're done. Thank you. Have a nice day. So... When people say that, I say, okay, well, these are the same people who are mostly anti-Israel too. So, I mean, they can all be so, only so bright, right? They're also, uh, they were against uh, uh, the, the police and defunding, they were for defunding the police and everything else. And they were wrong about COVID and so on. So the, the, the quote-unquote idiots who were against the shutdown, who were against the vaccines, they ended up all being right, right? And, and we're right about the Hamas uh, situation with Israel. Uh, so, look, it, it only proves the point that going to college does not necessarily make you a bright person. In fact, it may make you a stupid person. I know that Dennis Prager talks about that a lot. I, I don't know if, if it makes you a stupid person. I, I know that it, it causes you to be surrounded by idiots, and you might very well be tempted to join the idiots because it makes you feel like you belong to something. That's what, you know, universities are cults at the end of the day. That's what's happening. Yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a bizarre thing. I, I go through my book, by the way, in um, uh, Keeping the Kids All Right. There's a, there's a whole section there about how universities share all, not just some, but all of the classic characteristics of cults. Yeah. But I, I don't want to digress because it's so, so amazing. Look, so Hamas uh, is running scared, of course. They did not expect what Israel is doing. Israel is now going forward with the... Uh, a major attack in the south of Gaza, which is what they should do. And they've just told Biden and the White House, generally speaking, listen, uh, despite your commands of what we can do, we're going to just do what we're going to do. Thank you very much. Which, you know, and I told you this before, Devin, that the smart thing to do would have been to, for, for, for Biden to have met with Netanyahu and Netanyahu to let, let him say, listen, Mr. President, uh, as much as we like you, we know that you support Israel. Uh, don't tell us what to do on this thing because it'll be embarrassing to you because we're, we're not going to do what you want us to do. To the extent that you're telling us to, bomb, to stop the bombing or limit the bombing, we're not going to stop or limit the bombing. So why don't you save yourself some embarrassment, okay? Why don't you just show that you support us and then we'll pretend, you know, Instead of throwing a thousand bombs at them, we'll throw nine hundred and ninety-nine. Okay, and then you can claim that you know we we listen to you. Okay, that's about it. Okay, but don't tell us anything beyond that. What we're supposed to do? We'll we'll use one less bomb. How about that? <laughs> and, and I'll tell my guys. Okay, and I won't cause any repercussions if they if they do use the bomb. Okay, oh, and not, not not talking about the atomic bomb. I'm talking about just bombs generally speaking. Anyway, uh, and but. 
so good for Israel. And I, and I want you to know Israel is, all the Israelis are very supportive, uh, whether they're on the left or right side of the political spectrum. Um, and they have, they're, they're liberals too. But they're not, none of them are as crazy as the liberals here in America. They're just not. So it's all good news uh, in terms of Israel. Uh, the, the information coming out of uh, the hostages who've been released um, is, is so scary. It's so disturbing. I, I, I didn't watch the videos. I just I can't do it. I, I know how it would affect me. The, the videos I'm talking about that Hamas themselves uploaded to the Internet. I, I just can't do it. Can't. I, 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 maybe I'm too sensitive a soul. I, I just can't take it. But even the stories that I'm hearing are disturbing. I still, my brain still creates, concocts these images in my head. And I don't know what to do with myself. It's very, anyway, the, the only thing that can be done is to obliterate these monsters. Obliterate them. Look, the fact is, Every time that Israel has dealt with evil and, and, and literally dealt with them, it's never turned out well. Never. We, we talked before, I think last week, about how the, the mastermind of the October 7 attacks was a, himself a prisoner who had been released from Israeli prisons among the uh, more than a thousand other prisoners in exchange for one Israeli soldier. It, it wasn't as if he was exchanged for one of the best generals that Israel ever knew. I mean, it wasn't that. They, it was just a simple Israeli... Now, every life is important. I, I don't want to minimize that. But to, to give them more than a thousand prisoners, monstrous like this man was, in exchange for one Israeli soldier, I, I mean, look how much damage, more damage they've done and more hostages they've gotten. So here's the, here, here's the, the solution to that. You, you can't give them hostage. You can't give them prisoners in exchange. You just can't. Because the moment you do, you're just begging them to, first of all, you're, you're inviting them to get more hostages. But you're creating, not only that, but you're creating by the, the prisoners that you're releasing are very likely to do what we've seen. Right. They've proven it. Yeah. So the answer is, with all due respect to the hostages and understanding the pain that the families are going through, really, with respect, you just can't factor them into the analysis. You just can't. And if you, if you did it the first time with Galat Shalit, that one soldier, that's his name, if they had just obliterated Gaza because of that one hostage, that would have sent a very nice message. Okay? Very powerful. And we wouldn't have had October 7th, at least not planned as it as it was by this prisoner who was, in fact, exchanged. So here we are with, what, 140 still remaining, uh, and we've already released some bad guys. Fortunately, they're women and, and children. I, I get it, but they're, they're monsters. Don't worry. They, they, they're capable of a lot of bad things. Um, so they were released, and now we're just going to, I think we just need to blow the crap out of Gaza. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. And we, we've learned it. So that's just one example. When, when we were kind to the cruel, as it were, we will be cruel to the kind, as yeah. it were. And they, so the example I gave, you know, trying to work it out and, and get our man back. You can't negotiate with these monsters. You just can't. Look at what happened. Right? That's, that's what I'm saying. Same thing with the 1993 Oslo Accords. 
we, we extended our, our hand out and said, let's have peace. And what happened? We had more terrorism after that so-called peace. And I'm talking before Rabin was assassinated. There was more terrorism than ever yeah. after the so-called peace accords. And they said, oh, it's, these are rogue, uh, you know, Palestinian terrorists who don't like the peace deal and we must do something. You know, it, it just goes to show how hard it is to achieve peace. BS. They wanted it. Arafat wanted it. They saw an opportunity. They saw Israel as Israel's being weak, at least in his mind. And we so treasure life that they use it against us. They do. That's how it works. Uh, and and it, it's always been this way. Likewise, with uh, when we pulled out of Gaza in 2006, 2005, we pulled it. That was a nice gesture. We'll be nice. And we've had four major wars since that pullout. And they're horrific. They've killed many more people as a result of that. It, yes, it was expensive to, for, the, for Israel to be there and to guard against what Gaza was doing and treat it like we treat West Bank right now. But you know what? We've learned our lesson. But we shouldn't have to learn this lesson over and over again. Right. You deal with, you, you let go of monsters. Bad things happen. You deal with evil and, and you show them respect somehow. They do bad things. Right. Same thing with the, the we, we gave three billion uh, a year to the Palestinian territories uh, before Trump, who cut off the spigot. He understood this very well. Yeah. And they, they just used it to, to kill people. I mean, you, you, can't, you just cannot be kind to these monsters. You cannot extend a hand and say, let's talk. They're not interested in having their own country. They're interested in destroying Israel. Yeah, that's it. And and you would think, okay, well that that'll satisfy them. No, they hate each other too. Right. You know, the, the Hajj, the the book by Lee and Yuris, describes it very well. I think it's what is it? Me against my brother, yeah. my brother and I against our family, my my family against our, our village, the or against our tribe, the tribe against the village, the village against the, the 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 municipality, the municipality against the country. It's just operates on hate. Right. It's a weird dynamic. Yeah. And it's always been this way with, uh, with many of these people. In fact, most of Islam is that. When you leave Islam, then you don't have that hate anymore. It's, it's a bizarre phenomenon, at least the extreme side. I, and I don't know that, that there's a distinction. I really don't know. If Ari were here, he'd say, there's no distinction. <laughs> I, he would scream, okay, okay, Ari, good. Yeah. But that, that's what's happening. And so every time that we try to be nice, hostage-wise or otherwise. It, terrible things happen. The only time that I think that we did a really great job, and I say we, the Israelis, is during the Entebbe raid. They, they knew that the hostages that they had taken were going to die. They just, okay, we're going to rescue, rescue them one way or the other. And that's it. That's all they did. They, they pretended to negotiate, but then they got them all out. And that was a wonderful result. And anyway, they killed a lot of the bad guys. It could not have been a better result. Anyway, um, there are many. Other, it's not just Israel, by the way. It's also America. When when we we, we gave six billion dollars for these uh, five uh, five hostages, I guess essentially for, that Iran was holding, and we gave them, and then they use it to to create nefarious conduct. And and don't tell me, oh, that that was frozen. That's BS. No. You're basically saying you've got the money now, so 
if you know the money's coming in, you're going to start spending it, whether you have it or not, right? Yeah. So if, if you had an inheritance, you knew it was coming, um, but it's just going through the courts or whatever it is, but, you know, Aunt Sally died and she was going to give you a million dollars, you might very well spend a little bit of money. In fact, a lot of money, knowing that it's coming in. Anyway, so that's yet another example. Every time we've reached out to them and try to be nice, same thing with the Iranian deal, right? We, right. Let's... let's Give them economic incentives. It will do wonderful things for you. Uh, they've used it against us. Surprise. I mean, th there's never been a situation, not once, in the history of dealing with the Arabs and the Muslim countries that hate us, where a, a, a diplomatic overture has worked. Not once. But why not try it again and again? Because sure enough, it's going to work one day, right? <laughs> It doesn't work. But, but we should take a lesson. The lesson is, and, and this is the good news, is that we know it doesn't work. So when you know something doesn't work, don't do it again. You tried it, okay. You tried it way too many times over way too many decades, but you know it doesn't work. So don't do it. Don't. And, and, but the problem is that the, the alternative is too ugly for them. It, it costs money to destroy a country like this and to deal with evil the way it should be. They're worried about the global ramifications and the way that the world looks at them. Uh, but they didn't worry about that when we bombed Dresden in Germany, when we bombed Berlin, we fi if we firebombed Tokyo. Yeah. No, nobody worried about that because we had to, do, we had to deal with evil. Right. We didn't tiptoe around this. No. So it's a weird dynamic, uh, but... It's, it's a study in how to deal with evil. One thing we know, dealing with evil and extending a hand out to them, always, not sometimes, not most of the time, always bites you. It bites that hand that you extend out. There's, there's no way. You just have to learn from that. It's basic. So here we are. I mean, I, I, think, I think Israel is not saying, look, we're, we're going to tiptoe because we want to get you know, the hostages out or anything else. They're trying to minimize damages to civilians, but you and I think the same. You know what? Firebomb the entire place. We did it with, with uh, Tokyo. We did it with Dresden. There's no reason why we shouldn't do it now. Yeah. Okay? Teach them a lesson they'll never forget. Yeah, exactly. And if they, they have to, Israel wants peace and values human life. They do not value human life, but like all cowards, the only thing they value is their own life. And what Israel needs to do, and the, the United States, if we had, when we have a good leader, eventually, someday we will, there's a way to make it so they are begging for peace. And when they're at that position, Mazel Tov will give them peace. But until they want peace, there's no way to do anything. We have to put them in a position where the only thing they want is peace because that's the only thing they're for their own personal show, safety. Because they don't care about children. They don't care about their parents. They don't care about, like, their community. They only care about themselves, like cowards. So CARE, uh, this is the Council on Islamic Relations, is now celebrating the October 7 uh, terrorist attack in Israel. Um, this is from Yahoo News, I believe. Today marks two months since Iranian-backed Hamas murdered 1,400 Israelis, Americans, Thai, and other innocent civilians inside their homes. Uh, and then, of course, other descriptions 
Memory, uh, sorry, this is from memory. Care Executive Director Nihad Awad at AMP Convention said, I was happy to see the people of Gaza break the siege. That means the siege of uh, Gaza, I suppose, on October 7. They were victorious. The people of Gaza have the right to self-defense. Israel does not. All right. So Guy Benson, who's commenting on this, says, notice how this is not a hot mic situation or a hidden camera admission caught on tape. This is a declarative statement enthusiastically made in public at a Muslim-American conference. It drew applause in the room, open, brazen, fearless support for terrorism and violent anti-Semitism. So you're seeing this everywhere, right? It, it's, uh, it's, it's, a bit, it's a bit of an issue, this anti-Semitism. I, I will tell you that I, I'm now you know, a mature man. Uh, most of the time I'm mature. <laughs> but but I, I, I've never felt this level of anti-Semitism. Now, I'm not the kind that is going to hide my Judaism. If I wear a kippah, I'll, I'll wear it proudly. Uh, I have a t-shirt that says, I stand with Israel, and I've, I'm, I'm proud to walk around with it. Um, if somebody attacks me, I'll be ready. Yeah. I'll be ready. But I, I, I say never be afraid of who you are. Be, be a proud Christian. Be a proud Jew. Uh, be a proud American, for that matter. Be a pr- proud Israeli. We can't let these bastards make us kowtow uh, and hide so that this is, this is how they feel. Now, this is what they're doing. They're, they're, they're encouraging that sort of fear yeah. when they cancel Hanukkah celebrations, because now it's Hanukkah time. Yeah. Uh, I think Sacramento, they, they canceled it. Oh, because, you know, for their own safety. Okay. Their own safety, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, can you imagine, like, uh, there's so many other ways of, of saying... What if, what if we didn't allow blacks to, to um, to protest, because you know some white supremacists, you know, for their own safety, because you know we're to understand from uh, I think it was from Blinken and, and others that the greatest threat America is facing today is white supremacy, yeah. Yeah. not not anti-Semitism, no, no no no, white supremacy. So if there's so many of them, you would think that. Blacks would never have protested during the BLM riots and such like that because, you know, to be safe, you can't protest. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's madness. I mean, this is the only time that you do that, really. So this is a way of, of actually putting Judaism and Christianity, sweeping it under the rug because what's to stop them from doing the same thing for Christmas? Yeah. Right? I mean, because, you know, they, they might be attacked by atheists. Who knows? Or Muslims, who knows? Right. Or anybody who doesn't like Christmas, for whatever reason. And just to be safe, we need to stop all the celebrating. Okay, you can celebrate in your in your home, maybe with you know two or three people. But you know, we, we don't want ten or more people because that might be dangerous for you. We're just trying to protect you. Yeah. So your your freedoms mean nothing yeah. if you can't celebrate them, right? Yeah. That's so basic. Yeah. So that's, that's one thing that's happening. And um, uh, that's, okay, I guess that's enough about what's happening with Hamas. But I, I will say I was, I was coming um, toward the San Francisco airport, and they have very uh, Hamas-friendly posters now. And there was a billboard. It said, uh, remember that Hamas is your problem too, right? So they covered up the word Hamas with very similar letter, lettering, and it says Zionism. Remember that Zionism is your problem too, meaning that Israel is your problem. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I, I don't. I don't know, Devin. It's um, 
this, this quest to destroy Israel, I think, I think a lot of people do what they're doing because they're so afraid to acknowledge evil. Yeah. And we talked about this last week perhaps, but I, I, th- I think there's an element of that. People are afraid to confront evil and by calling Israel the bad guy in this, even the evil guy, which they're not doing anything of any, anything close to evil. On the contrary, it's, it's the righteous and the good thing to do. Just, but but then, that way they don't have to look at the burning of babies, the rapes of all the women, the mutilation of people cutting off their limbs and everything else, the other horrific acts and torture that they engaged in. They don't have to look at that because you, you can't know that happened and then say that that wasn't evil. So what, how do they respond to it? They, they say, well, it didn't happen at all. Here we are. We're back to denialism, right? Yeah. That's how it is. It's so painful that they'd rather just believe it didn't happen. It, it, it's easier to believe it didn't happen, don't you think? Absolutely. And it just goes through the theme of so many things with where the, these people want this country to go, which is the denial of truth. The Holocaust happened. That's truth. 10-7 happened. That's truth. A man can never become a woman. That's truth. When a man and a man get together, it's not marriage because that's what not what marriage is defined as. That's truth. But every single thing down the line, and even people who are against what Hamas did, are still really embracing the lies that suit them or that they feel cosmopolitan, they feel all classy about. But it really is just truth and lies. And if you're going to go down the side of truth, and I'm happy to be on the side of Israel because even if I get attacked, because I know I'm on the righteous side and I do not want it like I know I'm going to die eventually, but I do not want to be on the bad side or the wrong side. And it's very clear Christianity, Judaism, Israel are all on the side of righteousness because the other side is so clear who they are and what they're doing. So women's groups are totally silent on the rapes of the women, which is interesting. You would think that, uh, you know, with the, the Me Too movement and everything else, perhaps they would they'd be against rape. Just generally speaking, they'd be against rape. And I don't mean that in a cheeky way, by the way. I mean it. I think that they, would, they should be against rape. Right. But we saw this from uh, Jay Paul, that congresswoman who right. said, uh, you know, well, let's keep it in context, right? Everything's in context with them. That's the new word that they have. Right. Uh, so... It, but this wasn't a bump of the October 7 attacks. It was a feature of it, right? We know that. It wasn't something, oh, you know, uh, an unfortunate collateral situation of some rogue terrorists who were out there really just to, to kill some Israeli soldiers. Couldn't find them. Yeah. Uh, so they ended up just killing a bunch of these festival goers and other innocent people. And never mind that they planned it out and they knew exactly where to go and the specific homes and targets and how old everyone was and where they went and who was living there. That That... They, they just they stumbled on on that information, yeah. you know, for months at a time, you know, beyond before that. But that's, that's it was a pure mistake on their part. Right. Anyway, women's groups are not are totally silent about this, and uh, Holocaust denial is what the world does. We talked about it. they just ignore the anti-Semitism while encouraging it at the same time. Right. So this is uh, related from the Hill. Represented Debbie Dingle, who's a Democrat. Democrat, and to her credit, Michigan, said that she had been doxxed three times because of her condemnation of Hamas's use of rape against Israeli women. Uh, but now she's even more committed to calling attention to the issue. Good for her. 
Uh, and she talked. She talked about how awful it was. Men have have doxed her. Women have doxed her. Uh, I've spent the last seven weeks researching the raping of women that has occurred in the Middle East. It is outrageous. I condemn it. And she said it was stunning to get such vicious attacks from people, including women, demanding that she retract her statements. All it, and she says, of course, I won't. All it did was make me angrier. This is going to be an issue I'm seriously going to take on. Good for her. I appreciate that. She's a Democrat. want to give her credit for that. But listen, Democrats, <laughs> all the anti-Semitism is coming from your side. Yeah. Okay? All of it. I don't know of a single Republican that says, yeah, you know, Hamas is A-OK. Right on, Hamas. You know, that the oppressors are, are the Israelis. No, no, no. It, this is yet again an, another reason why I became conservative is because I noticed that the conservatives, the Republicans were, generally speaking, on Israel's side. They saw it. Yeah. And I know when I meet a conservative today, I can speak to him about Israel and, and how horrific it is. And I don't, I, I don't even have to guess. It's not like, well, will this, will this guy be on my side when it comes to the Israel-Hamas uh, situation? Will, will he you know, be cool? I don't have to worry about that. But if I were a Democrat, I'd have to be very careful. Yeah. You know, can you believe that Trump guy? You know, talk about Trump and how horrible he is and so on. And then you bring up Hamas in the situation. They say, yeah, those, those effing Israelis. That's what probably would happen, right? That's, that's the, the, the main reason why I, it opened the door for me to become a conservative. I realized I was on the wrong team, at least on that issue. And then I started exploring a little bit more and I realized, you know what? These conservatives, they, they, know, it's, they know it's what. Anyway, uh, you've got this skit uh, that you, you recall before that there was this uh, congressional testimony from Congresswoman Stefanik grilling these three university professors, talking to them and saying, you know, why don't you acknowledge, can you acknowledge that this is bad stuff when, when students call for the, the genocide of Jews, that's, that's against your own university policies. Can't you, can you admit that? And they said, well, it's contextual, right? You know, at what point doesn't does does it violate your code? Do you have to wait for them to actually start killing people? Yeah. Uh, and then, well, it's killing people is one thing, but genocide's another. You know, I, 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 where, where does it where do they actually draw the line? Anyway, so Saturday Night Live, you you thought everyone thought that they looked ridiculous, but Saturday Night Live did a cold open. That's their their beginning uh, skit. Usually, it's political, and this one was no different. And they had. Uh, a fake, you know, congressional hearing with, a, you know, quote unquote, Stefanik grilling these university professors, and watch, pay attention to how nobody is really laughing. Okay, yeah. very, very few. I'm not saying there's. It's like people are trying to appreciate, but it's just not funny. So here we go. Now I'll turn it over to mega superstar Elise Stefanik from New York who's been pacing the hallways listening to Lose Yourself by Eminem. Miss <laughs> Stefanik. Thank you, chairwoman. Now, I'm going to start screaming questions at these women like I'm Billy Eichner. <laughs> Anti-Semitism, yay or nay? I'm sorry, what? Yes or no is calling for the genocide of Jews against the Code of Conduct for Harvard. Well, it depends on the context. <gasps> what? <laughs> Okay, so just to let you know before we continue on, uh, the Stefanik character, obviously not Stefanik herself, she looks crazy and she's you know rolling her eyes and going wild with her head and everything else. And and the uh, the woman playing uh, Claudine Gay, the the yeah. Harvard president, yeah. 
Um, she looks very reasonable, very, she's, she's a black, uh, one of the black um, comedians from the SNL. She looks very poised. Well, it depends on the context that you just heard that. And, and nobody's really, it's just not the usual laugh, right? That can't be your answer, you pen lady. Same question, yes or no? Well, we are serious about stopping all forms of hatred, anti-Semitism, Islamophobia. I'm gonna end up, end up, end up, end up the second one, MIT lady, chance to steal. And keep in mind, if you don't say yes, you're gonna make me look good, which is really, really hard to do. So I'll ask you straight up. Okay, so she, she, was, she was expecting a major laugh on that, right? Nothing, just nothing. And, and she makes it seem ridiculous that uh, she's, when, when the, the, the quote-unquote uh, uh, MIT lady or pen lady said uh, we're against anti-Semitism and Islamophobia, and when she says, you know, stop that, you know, no, no, I just want to talk about anti-Semitism, as if somehow that's unreasonable, right? right? But when it, when it came to Black Lives Matter, remember, and we said all lives matter, yeah. they correctly said, no, no, let, can we please focus Black Lives Matter. That's what we're talking about today, okay? Not about the fact that all lives matter. We're not going to be kumbaya. I get it. I, you know, that, that doesn't mean that I, I respect BLM. I understand their argument, though. Yeah. Focus on my situation. In that case, it was the black situation. I want these efforts to finally focus on my situation, which is the anti-Semitism situation. And even you have this commercial where they say, you know, anti-Semitism is up 300%. So is Islamophobia. So is, so is anti-black. So is anti-Asian. I want my moment. Talk to me about that, right? Anyway, continuing on. Do you think genocide is bad? Could I submit an answer in writing at a later date? <laughs> Am I winning this hearing? <laughs> Somebody pitch me. <laughs> Ms. Stefanik, your time is up. Okay, so anyway, that's basically the gist of it. It, it wasn't funny. Uh, she thinks by kind of rolling her eyes and looking crazy that somehow that that's funny. That's, that, that's, it's pathetic. I mean, they, they do have good skits. It's not bad writing. It's just, th this is agenda writing. Yeah. Somebody wrote this and thought that they, they were going to get a fantastic laugh. And the people are just not as enthusiastic of about Hamas that, as they think, right? It's just, it's, it's weird. So they're in their bubble. They really believe it. Same thing for the universities, right? Just like the, when the original university professor, um, or presidents were talking, they thought that they had the world on their sides. And these just crazy Republicans asking these silly questions, like that they're defending apartheid in South Africa. Right. So how could you defend apartheid? As if, anyway, as if there's a similarity. Exactly. And one of the most significant things is she's like, oh, it depends on the context. It depends on the context. Well, I'll tell you the context. It's October 7th. And then you have people marching on behalf of Hamas right after October 7th. That's the context. It's not like this came from nowhere. The context actually makes it so much more horrible. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it does. Context is everything, and, and they're right to say that the context uh, means something. But this context is pretty. I mean, what 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 time? Do, what other context can there be yeah. than to show that Hamas is so outrageous? Okay, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Trump in the polls. He's doing fantastically well, of course. Uh, fist pump all the way. Uh, I, look, I love Trump. I think he's a great leader, and I think he deserves a second chance. He did such a great job as, as the first time. I want to I, I reward him with another 
term, and I, 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 want, I think it's good for America. It's good for all of us. It's even good for Democrats, believe it or not. They, they won't appreciate it. They'll, they'll have fantastic deals. The economy will be good. Unemployment will be down. We'll have strength in the country and everything else. They won't appreciate it whatsoever, but it's still good for you. Right. Okay? Yeah. Um, you know, just like a kid, you know, they, they don't want to go to school, but you know what? You got to go to school and, and you're going to get educated. Yeah. That's the, that's the bottom line. But, uh, so I'm excited about that and he's way ahead and, uh, they're still fighting over second place. Okay. So you, you but their second place is so far behind. So I made the analogy on, on Newsmax. You almost wonder why are they even bothering? Because they see the polls. They should all be dropping out, right? Yeah. But here's, here's my thinking. This is my analogy. They're like the, the people in economy on an airplane who think that somebody is going to miss his plane uh, in first class right. and that they're going to get bumped up to first class. That's what, that's what they're hoping for. Right. In other words, they think that either he's going to die, God forbid, meaning Trump, or he'll be uh, somehow otherwise knocked out of running through the ballot measures and the lawsuits there or the convictions somehow, neither of which are going to work, but nevertheless, they, they somehow, I'll be ready in the wings, that sort of thing. So it's, it seems like it's between, uh, what's her name, uh, Nikki Haley yeah, yeah, yeah. and of course DeSantis. Uh, the others are just even smaller numbers, what can yeah. I say? But it's really quite pathetic. I, I don't even bother watching the, the debates because they're just not going to be realistic. Anyway, uh, well, we'll see what happens. But right now, the, the numbers are going lower and lower for Biden and for good reason. In the meantime, as we sit here today, Biden, the Biden inquiry vote has proceeded. Uh, the House has voted for that. And here we go with the impeachment hearings. And as it should be. Now, they keep on saying, there ain't no vote. There is no evidence. There is no evidence. It's a, I mean, okay, you can keep on saying that, but there's plenty of evidence. Yeah. And there was an article from Town Hall that said, uh, here's, here's all the evidence that Democrats say don't, doesn't exist, something like that. Oh, yeah, no, here's all the, all the evidence that doesn't exist. It was hysterical, the, the title. And uh, you've got, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Hunter Biden was saying at some point, look, none of this would happen if my name, I wouldn't be prosecuted if it weren't for my last name being Biden, right? So, <laughs> well, in a way, you're right, in a but none of the, you wouldn't be prosecuted at all uh, if, if you didn't do these crimes, right. first of all. Uh, and the reason why it's been delayed so long is because of your name, Biden. Yeah. And, and he's, he's talking, look, this is what happens when you do these things. Okay? You, you will get eventually prosecuted. And he talks as if somehow his name, Biden, well, well how can this be? Like he's so shocked by this whole situation. Ma, Ma Barker, what do I, you know, how, how is this all happening? Uh, anyway, um, this is a, a so in, in an interview, he said how this is just a target against him. He also says this would not be happening if it weren't for his last name, like I said, um, and if his father was not president. Well, that's the way it works, girlfriend, right? <laughs> and, they, and they have no idea how it all works when the shoe is on the other foot. I mean, in the meantime, they can't say with a straight face that uh, Trump's indictments wouldn't be happening. Somehow those are natural yeah. events, right? Of course, the indictments are going against him because he is running for president again. Yeah. And, and everyone knows that, right? And, and he's expecting, oh, what was me? And I was, 
I was drunk, I was an addict, I had a problem, I had financial issues and everything else. Okay, so in other words, we should forgive you because of that. In other words, so, so does that apply to all prisoners, all crimes? You know, so somebody, a, a, a drugged out coke addict, you know, kills your family. Yeah. And then he says, you know, look, I, I feel terrible about it, but you know, I, I, was, I was coke addict, so I, I get a pass, right. right? Yeah. I mean, what's the difference? Yeah. I get a pass. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hunter excuse. Uh, listen, and, and I disagree. You, you, you would definitely be targeted um, if, if your name is, is Biden or Trump, right? In fact, it's precisely because your last name is Biden that things have been delayed so much and why you were offered that sweetheart deal in the first place, right? right? It, 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 it's, he runs to protect his, his, himself based on his name. And then when that doesn't work because his own computer reveals that there's just too much information, then, then he says, it's because my last name is Biden, right? Yeah. But he pretends as if somehow it's, uh, you know, it's just him, what was me. But listen to what he said in an interview four years ago. I forget the woman's, the interviewer's name, but, but listen to what he actually says. Uh, let's see if I can tee it up. Yeah. If your last name wasn't Biden, do you think you would have been asked to be on the board of Burisma? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. I, I don't think that there's a lot of things that would have happened in my life that, uh, that if my last name wasn't Biden. If your last name... Okay, so finally, some honesty, right? Yes. A lot of things. In fact, your entire life, loser, is based upon your last name. Yeah. You traded on the last name. You were used to, to proceed with, with your last name to get money from China and otherwise and Burisma and everything else. Uh, and then, and then you pretend as if somehow, God, what was me? It's it, anyway, it's so disingenuous. We we all know it, right? And he was. That's the thing. That's the worst part is he was our president's bag man, and they're getting him for taxes, not reporting. Where did the funds come from? Like Elaine Maskwell, where it's like, well, who are the people that she was dealing with the children with? They're not going to mention any of those clients. They're not going to mention Biden getting that money. He doesn't have to pay taxes. So he has this weird protection where they're giving him such a limited and then all the other stuff on his laptop. It, if you found that on Donald Trump Jr.'s laptop or Eric Trump Jr., they would have been in prison the minute they saw that. And we wouldn't be able to say, what evidence? What, what are you talking about? There's no evidence here. They keep on saying it. it's the same thing as the border. Oh, there's, there's, there's no problem with the border. Yeah. It's the most secure border in history. Yeah. Yeah, and thank you. And, and the economy is great, too. Right. Everything is great, right? He, he also uh, was the cause, the indirect cause of the Hamas war, we, and I agree with him on that, but he's trying to say it's because of his great efforts with Saudi Arabia and, and the threat that that posed to Hamas that they decided to do this as a last resort to put a kibosh on the Saudi Arabian uh, peace deal with Israel. Right. He, the, the amount of fantasy in his head yeah. is bizarre. Okay, so... Uh, and then, I, you know, to some extent, I think he believes his own lies about uh, Hunter not ever having done anything wrong, uh, that he never had any conversations about Burisma or China or, or anything else about his business dealings, when we know now that's very different. You know, our, our listeners know that, that Joe Biden has been caught in tons of lies on this issue in terms of not knowing anything about it, not having any financial involvement, uh, and not uh, himself uh, being a beneficiary of of Hunter's dealings. All this evidence is, is out there. And then all the LLCs, he's unable to explain them. But they're, they're made by him, ostensibly. Yeah. yeah. So uh, 
very interesting stuff, right, going on. And then I was going to play a video. I don't think we have time. Um, but this video from uh, when he was vice president bragging about how he got that uh, prosecutor to be fired in Ukraine, uh, the very same prosecutor he was investigating, Burisma. Uh, he can't explain why his son is on the board. Uh, <laughs> it, it, I, but they, 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 they believe these, they put out these statements, like the border is secure. Like I said, the economy is great. Bidenomics, he really thinks that everyone is doing great. This is, this is the same sort of attitude that uh, all the communist dictators had. They, they like uh, Ceausescu, who is my favorite communist dictator, and I say that in, in air quotes, because he was so self-deceiving. He really believed. He ordered everyone to call him the, the sun and his wife, to call the, the wife the moon, and all these great appellations, the, the giver, uh, the, the, great, the great man, whatever it is, uh, and, and so the press did exactly that. And then the feedback they got, oh, they, they're calling me these things. They began to believe it, forgetting that they had ordered the newspapers to say this. Yeah. And so when it all collapsed and then they grabbed him and his wife and they did a basically a kangaroo court, let's face it, and they put him on trial. And then they sh- just before they shot him, he, he was so confused and bewildered and angry. He had done so much for them. In his mind, not realizing, of course, he had stolen everything, how angry the, the, the country was. And I think that Biden, I mean, he's got to mention everything, but I think a lot of the Democrats, generally speaking, have that sort of Ceausescu mentality. Strange. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, folks, it's just, uh, it, it goes beyond belief to, to see that people can willingly beguile themselves. But that's where we are. Uh, I think it's very interesting. Now, speaking, we spoke about the border before. Now, the uh, Congress is um, uh, saying, look, we're not interested in funding anything now uh, outside of America unless you do something about the border wall funding and, and make it better again. And I don't think it's just a question of money. I think it's a question of policy as well, but, but I digress. Um, and the Democrats somehow think that that talking point, that saying, oh, look, they're not funding uh, Israel, they're not funding Ukraine, will, look, will make the Republicans look bad. <laughs> really? No, no. Dude, you'll lose this. If Ukraine falls, it's on you. If Israel is, is in any way hurt because of this, it's on you. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I mean, Ben Shapiro brought this point up as well. Uh, I guess great minds think alike. But uh, really a very bizarre thing to, to, to expect uh, the, the world to say. So it's very fair. Let, let's put some money into the border wall. They're clearly, in, you know, in basically inviting people to come in. They're, they're processing them as fast as possible. They love it, at the same time pretending it's not happening. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So what, what do you think is going to happen? I mean, I, look, the, the, two, the big elephant in the room is the age of and the dementia of Joe Biden. Okay, yeah. So do you think that I'm, – I'm asking you point blank. Do you think that um, your pal uh, Gavin Newsom is going to – is going to run. I, by the way, I don't know why you hang out with him. It's, it's, it's also another awkward thing between us. But, but, but why? Why is Gavin Newsom? Uh, do you think he's going to be running? I I, I don't. Be, or I think he really wants to. But like there, you know, guys in Philly. If you know guys in Michigan. If you know guys in like Georgia, like who are Democrats who absolutely love Joe Biden, they don't want to touch Gavin Newsom. They, Biden is the best they have, unfortunately. 
and guys in, you know, like you have guys in the Midwest, in the South, and they still believe in Biden. They still think he's a good guy, even though I think they're mistaken. But they're not going to think that about Kamala or Kamala. They're not going to think that about Newsom. And it's really going to be interesting who actually finishes this race. And if there actually is an election, how it's going to happen, because it there have been so much stuff going on that it really is like I'm not every other election. I've been like, oh, yeah, this is going to be the nominees on both sides. This is who's going to be elected. But this one, I do not know. Good point. I, it, it is a bit of a crapshoot, but I think Trump will be the nominee. Yeah. I, I do. I, I, I think the, it's overwhelming. This is not a close call anymore. Even if he were five points ahead, we would still be bragging about it. Right. But he's, what, in some polls, 40%, 45% ahead. It's it's insane. Yeah. There's no way you can say, well, it's, we're better off with Nikki Haley. I mean, the country doesn't want her. The country doesn't want DeSantis. Both of them are, are good people. Don't get me wrong. I like them. Um, I'm impressed with them in, in, in a different way. Uh, but Trump, they love him. I, and I love him. I mean, I, you could say, I, I don't want to go out to dinner with him. I, he wouldn't be my buddy. Okay, fine. Who cares? I don't give a crap. I, I, I had a urologist that I went to once to check something, but he was the very best urologist. You know, he was, you know, kind of an arrogant guy, kind of, you know, thought very highly of himself. I wouldn't hang out with him, but, but damn it, he did a good job. Right. Okay. So that's the way it works. Okay, I want, I want, I don't want a friend in my leader. I don't want a nice guy as a leader. I want, a, I want a tough guy as a leader. I want him to represent America and do what's best for America. That's all I want. Okay. So anyway, last point, and then we should go. the The last point is this: that on the border situation, uh, it turns out that many migrants who have come to America and have spent some time here want to go back. <laughs> I don't think that the Biden administration thought this one through like there may be people who want to go back and they're going back they said this is not what i thought it was going to be and good for them good for them and and oops on the Biden administration uh putting aside the fact that a lot of these these um immigrants now who are coming across the border are from venezuela and cuba two countries that know what socialism is and i don't think i don't think they're going to be voting for biden Oops. Once again. <laughs> All right, folks. Listen, thank you so much for listening to the Brock Lowry Podcast. Again, please uh, get your friends out there. Uh, commend the show. I, I know that you like it. I'm getting a lot of nice emails about it. Uh, also, check out my book, Keeping the Kids All Right. It's doing very well. Speak up about that and uh, recommend that to your friends as well. I, I would sure appreciate that. All right. Brock Lowry signing off saying God bless. And we'll talk with you next week.